Hi, my name is Shaheen Chaudhary, and welcome to How I Lead Change, a podcast about executives leading successful human-centric changes in their organizations. I hope that you and your loved ones are staying safe and healthy. COVID-19 has brought on unprecedented and unplanned change with severe impacts on society across the globe. We are all in this together. Therefore, with this spirit, we have put together a special edition of the How I Lead Change podcast to share what leaders are doing to navigate this challenging time. Today on our show, I'm joined by Roger Del Antonia, President and CEO at Fortis BC, an electricity and natural gas utility in the province of British Columbia. Thanks for joining me today, Roger. Thank you, Shaheen. Appreciate uh, the opportunity to discuss uh, the challenges we're facing. And uh, I have to apologize to your listeners if there's any loud noises in the background. I am uh, at the home office today and uh, not fully control my space. That's uh, understandable. We're all going through similar experiences right now. So let's dive right in with our first question, Roger. Um, Tell us uh, to start off with uh, our listeners about Fortis BC. Sure. So for those who aren't familiar with Fortis BC, uh, in British Columbia, we are primarily a combined natural gas and electricity utility. Uh, We serve uh, just over 1 million natural gas customers throughout the province of British Columbia and in the uh, Okanagan and Kootenai region of British Columbia, we serve just under 200,000 electric customers. We also have uh, underground storage, natural gas storage facilities up uh, in the northeast area of BC. Uh, Within our operations, we also have uh, what we call our Fortis BC alternative energy services. Those are discrete and geo exchange systems. Uh, And we uh, also do LNG uh, export uh, by ISO container and we have LNG uh, transportation uh, services as well here in British Columbia. So a fairly uh, uh, well-defined uh, energy infrastructure system serving most of British Columbia. We were in about 135 communities across the province. We serve uh, 56 Indigenous communities directly. Uh, workforce, about 2,500 uh, employees spread out throughout the province uh, from Victoria and Vancouver Island through the lower lower mainland, uh, up into northern BC, over to the Kootenays and the Okanagan. So a fairly large footprint, uh, we get to see most corners of the province. We're also part of the larger Fortis Inc. family. Uh, Fortis Inc. is a utility, co-investor-owned utility uh, holding company. Uh, We have 10 uh, utilities within the Fortis family, uh, spread out across uh, Canada, the U.S., and the Caribbean. Uh, about 9,000 employees serving well over 3 million customers. Uh, uh, yeah, so that's the uh, that's the Fortis uh, BC story and uh, a little bit about Fortis Inc. story. Thank you. Uh, tell us about what has been the impact of COVID-19 on Fortis BC? Uh, it's an interesting one for us. So, you know, n- not to state the obvious, but uh, in times like this, energy is a critical infrastructure service provider. 
Uh, imagine doing what you do uh, every day without energy, be it uh, natural gas to cook, to heat, to clean, uh, or electricity to run your household. So, you know, the impact on us from a, a business model, from a, a, a perspective of what we do, uh, hasn't changed. Uh, you know, energy is important now more than ever. And, you know, communities rely on us more than ever to deliver energy safely and reliably. So the initial impact as far as what we do has not changed. We have to continue to serve our communities, our customers, our neighbours, uh, our businesses, uh, as as we always have. Uh, the, the impact for us, though, when you think about what is happening to the organization to deliver that energy has been quite significant like all businesses. We have 2,500 employees across the, uh, across the province, as I noted, we're in a number of different locations. So the, the impacts uh, really are, you know, what's happening in the field and what's happening in the office. If you think about our, our field operations, uh, our folks who are out in the communities, uh, uh, maintaining our systems, uh, providing service, uh, the, the impact has really been around protocols. We've introduced a number of safety protocols to ensure that safety of our employees is a priority, uh, ensuring that they're able to do their critical work safely. Uh, when we think about our internal uh, uh, staff or our office staff, like many other organizations, we've had a, a massive migration of putting people from uh, work from office into a work from home setting. And we did that very quickly. In a normal day, uh, you know, pre-COVID, we might have 100, 200 folks uh, dialing in remotely. Uh, we've hit peak usage of, you know, over 1,800 uh, employees using our network. So it just shows you the, the the complete change in how we've been how we've been working. Um, you know, it, it's been it's been a testament, I think, to the the quality of folks that that, that we have that they've been able to manage this. Uh, transition this, this significant change and still uh, maintain uh, the work footing that we're on, uh, continuing to do what we do best, which is deliver energy. So it's been a significant impact, but uh, from the outside, I'm not sure you'd notice it because we've been able to continue to do what we must do. You know, that makes a lot of sense because, uh, yeah, it's a critical infrastructure. So externally speaking, there's not a lot of change has happened in how you deliver your services, but internally how you operate your business has has changed significantly. Yeah, we've we've got, you know, when I think about, and again, not unique, a lot of businesses are doing the same thing. Like there's a, there's a, there's a lot of small things that you, you, you put in place as a reaction. So obviously we've moved most of our folks out of, out of the office space. So those who are still in the office setting, uh, absolutely able to uh, maintain social distancing, We've taken a number of measures like closing meeting rooms so that those who are in uh, offices, mm -hmm. uh, if they are going to gather in a meeting, they're gathered in very large meeting rooms, again, to focus on social distancing. Obviously, all the protocols are enhanced uh, cleaning and disinfecting are in place, limiting people going into elevators to two at a time, all those types of things. Uh, you know, in, 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 the, in the workforce, uh, PPE being used for certain applications, uh, making sure that uh, social distancing, you know, mustering from home so you're not gathering in one place before you go to the workshop. There's a, a, a number of small, small steps that we put in place that added together really changed 
how we approach uh, approach the work. So for, from that perspective, you know, we've had a significant, significant change, and I think we've managed that transition well. When you talk about the other impacts of an organization, uh, we are at heart a service organization. We serve our customers, our communities, and there there's been uh, impact on the fact that a number of our customers obviously are impacted by uh, the pandemic with regards to reduced income or, or, or laid off or lost jobs, uh, uh, small businesses being impacted. So we've worked uh, with, our, uh, with our regulator put in place a customer recovery fund uh, to allow folks to, uh, if they are having financial difficulties or residential or small uh, business customers, to defer bill payments. Uh, we are working directly with our large commercial customers on uh, bill plans uh, to the extent that they are having uh, or they're being impacted by uh, the pandemic as far as their ability to pay bills. Um, We've waived, you know, uh, any uh, disconnection for financial reasons, so no one has to worry about having power or gas uh, cut off if they can't pay. Uh, waived late payment fees. So a number of measures we've also uh, put in place uh, in the organization to make sure that we're best able to support our customers through this as well. Great. It's good to see that you're taking care of your employees and frontline staff as well as the customers in, in these difficult times. Yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, you hear this a lot. We are all in this together, but uh, I, I will say never those words have been truer. So uh, we, yeah. are, we are focused on, on, on all elements for sure. All right. How are employees, uh, both office and frontline front staff, coping with uh, new conditions of work? Uh, first of all, I'd like to say that um, I'm just extremely proud of the folks that I work with. Uh, our organization, our 2,500 employees, uh, their commitment and dedication to the job of serving customers and communities and supporting each other has been truly inspiring to me. Uh, you know, the impact, the impact on this is a personal impact. Like, as an organization, uh, we deal with emergency, emergency response on a regular basis. You know, we either flood situation, forest fire, uh, outages, storm outages, things like that. You know, as, as a utility, as most utilities, all utilities, we're fairly well versed in our response to emergencies. But those emergencies tend to be focused and, and, uh, and a bit shorter in duration. And there is a, a very common purpose and everyone knows what to do. And we practice those and you put your plans into place and you deal with a physical threat to the system, if you will. You know, this is a this is very unique because you're you're not dealing with a physical threat to the system. You're the, the system is fine. The weather is weather. There's no impact there. What you've got here is a, an impact on on individuals, and there's a direct impact on on somebody obviously if they're ill. But there's these other impacts that really are both the mental well-being of our employees and our customers. Um, my instance, I've got uh, elderly parents. Uh, I think about. Um, got a son who works in a grocery store, um, friends who've got, uh, you know, similar situation. Uh, we've got folks that, you know, have immunocompromised individuals that they care for. So we're in a situation where the focus is on getting the job done, delivering energy, which right. is absolutely critical. But everyone's carrying a level of anxiety that's unique to their situation. We all have a certain level of it. So... When, when you think about how are the people in the organization coping, it's not 
just about how they're coping with something that's impacting the organization. It's how are they coping with what's going on uh, with them individually, as a family, uh, as uh, through their coworkers. So they're carrying the focus of the job. Uh, what they're carrying with the focus on the job is also the concern about neighbors, friends, families, coworkers, and it's hitting all of us at, at different levels. So, you know, the impact on the organization has been has been has been profound. I would say. Uh, and I think, you know, it's a testament that, you know, our folks have a real sense of pride and purpose in what they do uh, that has allowed them to continue doing what they do and doing it extremely well um, while managing these situations. And I think for us, um, one of the things that we're trying to focus on is really stressing, you know, say you're stating the obvious, but it's really trying to stress and support stress, stress uh, the need for support for our folks around making sure that you're, you're focused not just on your physical well-being, but in these times, as much if not more in your mental health uh, as well. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more there, uh, Roger. Uh, share with us uh, how you as a leader uh, are leading through this unprecedented change. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting one. I, I would say, uh, again, coming back to our people, like we have a great executive team here at, at Fortis. We have a great group of leaders, uh, managers, supervisors across the organization. And, you know, again, our folks have this strong sense of purpose and pride in what they do. So when, when you talk about leading uh through through this situation, through this this change or this this emergency, this pandemic, I think it's really about how you direct the the uh, the, the the conscious of the organization uh, when it's already dedicated and focused on doing the right thing, uh, making sure that what we do we continue to do safely and reliably. So for us, you know, as an executive, for me in my role. You know, leading is really about communication. This is this is a, an absolute priority, and that communication is is multi-layered. So when we think about uh, our organization, uh, obviously the key communication is our is our with our employees, and you know we've we've done that through. Uh, you know, I do a weekly video um, uh, out to the employees. Uh, the executive have done videos. We've set up town halls. We've got a daily landing page on internet with updated information, uh, submit questions, uh, and, uh, providing our leaders in the organization with, with tools and resources to be able to answer questions. So, you know, the key has really been that transparent uh, two-way communication uh, with our folks so they know exactly what we're doing, what we're trying to do, what we need to do. Uh, with our customers, we very much increased the the outbound communication through social media, through other uh, media to inform our customers of why we're out in the community, the critical nature of what we're doing, how we're there to support them, uh, and really being uh, available uh, to respond in our uh, to, to questions and concerns they would have. When you think about this time, which is unprecedented, we as an organization run a number of tabletop emergency exercises and we had a pandemic plan, but I don't think any planning uh, can capture what is actually happening. So mm -hmm. we as an organization, you know, we're part of the larger Fortis Inc. group companies. 
the Fortis Inc. group of companies, uh, you know, we established a number of, uh, they established a number of groups, uh, operations group, HR leads, uh, communications lead, CEOs have uh, ongoing meetings, and it's really an opportunity to share best practices across the breadth of the organization. Uh, CEOs within each of the organizations are also on a number of industry associations. I work uh, on the board of the Canadian Electricity Association and the Canadian Gas Association. So again, tapping into all the other utilities across Canada, what are they doing? What are they seeing? How are they managing situations? And those organizations are setting up uh, subgroups that are dealing with specific issues. Uh, so when you when you when you look at um, you know what is what is leading in a time like this, it really is making sure that there are no barriers to communication. Information is flowing freely, and you're gathering and assessing information quickly and making sure that you're following best practices. So even in our own organization, when I think back to uh, our initial plans on how we're managing um, the situation to where we are now in, in four short weeks, we've evolved significantly how we're dealing with various uh, scenarios and situations, and that really comes down through uh, the open lines of communication and stressing the priority of communication um, as, a, as a key goal in how we're managing uh, the situation. Like many people, you wake up every day and it's like, okay, what's in the headlines today? And, you, and that sort of sets your day. Uh, you know, I will say, yeah. you know, eight weeks into this, uh, I think back, I think back to an organization, I want to say March 10th or 11th, we put out an organization, uh, as an organization, we put out a, a, a communication to our employees, basically banning uh, non-essential travel. Okay. And, and, you know, I remember sitting there with the executive team and just thinking about that one press release and, and assessing uh, the impacts and, and, and making sure we had the, the communication why we're doing this, because a lot of people remember those early days, uh, the, the, the impact of the, the pandemic had not fully uh, hit yet. So we put it out there and there's, you know, people asking questions. Here we are now, May 4th. Um, may the 4th be with you. Apologize right. for that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, now I think about what we've achieved. And, right. and again, you, you, you make these decisions, but the decisions and the, and the, the effect of the decisions really comes down to the communication. Mm-hmm. The ability to uh, uh, gather that information, assess that information as far as what practices should be, and then quickly how you put them in place and communicate them out to your folks. And that's really been, I think, the key piece um, for this uh, challenge, which is, I think, been unique because it's touched all elements of the organization in, in, in different ways. So the need for clear, concise, ongoing communication, I think, has been has been the key the key piece for us. Great. Uh, what one piece of advice would you give other executives and leaders? Oh man, um, that's a that's a good question. Um, we as an organization, uh, as a leadership team, uh, we sat down early in this process, and I would say it was probably towards the end of March. And you know, we sort of uh, our our the advice would be is to 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 try to establish where you want to get, and and and. The thing that we landed on was a saying that we've used uh, throughout this uh, this pandemic, which we're still in, unfortunately, is, you know, let our values guide our decisions, not our rules. And what I mean by that is that 
we're making decisions every day, day after day, many times a day in situations where, you know, these are, these are unprecedented times and large organizations of which we are one, uh, uh, run efficiently because we've put processes in place. We put rules in place. Uh, you know, it, uh, our, our day-to-day work has a certain rhythm, a certain, um, uh, cadence to it. And, and those rules guide a lot of what we do and why we do it well and how we do it safely and, and make us the organization. When you get into a situation where the change is rapid, it's quick, and you don't necessarily know, you know, when it ends and what it looks like, the rules that you have in place that govern an effective and efficient organization may not be well suited to that. So the, the advice, you know, that I would pass on is that when you get into this very rapid decision making, let your values lead, make decisions that you think are consistent with your values. They may not be completely in line with the rules of the organization. You know what I mean? Um, but right. uh, people will then be able to look back and understand back to the communication mm-hmm. where the decision making came from and what was guiding it as opposed to a debate about was it in the rules or not or is it uh is it part of the uh the process or not so i think i think the key piece of advice would really come back to you know uh let your let your values be mm-hmm. uh, key to your decision making i think also to that is a large organization uh when you say the word utility i don't think people think of a nimble organization i think you think mm-hmm. of an organization that is deep in knowledge absolute experts in their field uh, very smart uh, organization uh, given what, what we what we do day in and day out um, so I think one of the I wouldn't say it's a it's a, maybe peace advice is the wrong is the wrong thing but don't don't underestimate how fast you can move when you need to move fast right. Right. Um, you know we went from you know the 2500 uh, person workforce, that had been established and been operating uh, to a situation where in a matter of weeks, we completely changed how we're operating, yet we're still doing what we do as a business. Mm-hmm. We have to. And I think, you know, we challenged ourselves and and uh, and made rapid uh, change faster than I think we would have thought possible. So I think don't underestimate when you're a large organization that when you have to move fast, you'll be able to move. Right. Well, thank you, Roger, for sharing your insights today. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Really appreciated uh, the chance to to discuss. Hope we'll have a uh, chat to discuss other matters on on change and management in, in, in under a different light when we uh, look back. For on sure, that. absolutely. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And that's all for today's episode of How I Lead Change. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Now, go out there and be successful at change.